Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Just turned midnight in Burbank, California, and we are here for hot takes. Hot takes at the stroke of midnight. I am your lodge master. With me, as always, is Brother Bishki. I'm still standing <laughs> in the back. Of Brother Lucas. Seems to me you're listening like a lodger in the night. That is exactly right. In in case you haven't guessed by the numerous clues, we rocket man is what we saw. Now, Brother Bishki, you we heard Rocket Man. You are famous, infamous on this podcast for disliking the musical biopic genre. Yeah, this was an interesting combo because I love Elton John. You do love Elton John. Saw Elton John at the Farewell Farewell Yellow Brick Road concert uh, back in April, I believe. Wow. And was a great show. But then again, I hate biopics. Yeah. And so... And that's precisely why we're going to go to all of them. Okay, you can punish me, but we're going to see. I don't know. We'll see how this one does, because I'm not sure. We're going to get... This I think one's doing great. It's got to be doing great, I think right? it's doing well, yeah. I mean, the reviews are through the roof. Yeah. So... I can't wait for the Kurt Cobain one. Oh! Oh! Yeah, there's going to be... Last Days was not the final word on Kurt Cobain. No, no that wasn't... That wasn't... That was like that was like a fake... That was a fake movie. That wasn't a real movie. When these get to grunge, what is that? I'm, I'm, I'm talking like Robert happen? Pattinson as Kurt. Oh. Yeah. And Anna Taylor-Joy as Courtney. Oh. And, you know, if Gus Van Sant wants to direct it right this time, he yeah. can redeem himself, but... You got, you, you're giving us glimpses of Lodgecast <laughs> future. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's stay on track. I would love to go down that, that rabbit hole, but... Fucking Pearl Jam movie. But <laughs> we, got, we got Elton John to deal with. And I didn't know... I didn't. I knew we'd seen the trailer like nine thousand times. Yeah. So, I knew that there were going to be some fantastical elements, but <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be like this. We entered the fantastical very early. So the framing device seems like it would be it would be the obvious way to go, and then you'd want to dig deeper. But nope, they have him walk into. A treatment center. It looks like Alcoholics Anonymous, and he sits down in his big uh, rooster, rooster suit yeah. getup and begins to tell his tale. And it's like, oh my god, that's going to be your framing device. Okay, well, let's see what you do with it. And for me, the movie turned when he turned. And saw his young self as a young boy, a creepy young boy. And that young boy started singing the bitches back. And then we were in a giant musical number. This is one of those. Yeah. Pleasantville musical number. Yeah. It was, um, it was, a, it was many, many, well, this is the same. Let's note that this is Dexter Fletcher. Yep. Who technically directed Bohemian Rhapsody or a good portion <laughs> of it. So we knew that we weren't going to get anything too unconventional but he took more chances with rocket man sure in terms of if he succeeded um well (laughs) it's hard it's hard not to compare the two though especially since the bohemian rhapsody is so fresh in my mind still 
just like doing the Coke Pepsi challenge, like <laughs> I would say Rocket Man being Pepsi or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not or whatever. <laughs> Is it Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> well, no. For it's for me, Coke. For me, it's 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 like whatever flavor you prefer. Sure, sure, But sure. it's like the better of the two. Is okay. what I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Interesting. Like if you were to like hold these two movies up side by side. Well, let's 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 talk about it because this movie feels more competently made, even though the framing device aside, and I agree with you, it is very pedestrian and trite. But like, what are you gonna do? Well, Bohemian like, Rhapsody is gonna come up a lot. So yeah. So we we kind of go through his his childhood, and to me, my my main issue going into this is what is the story of Elton John? Like, what is there a movie there? Yeah. Like, is mm-hmm. is there going to fair, be fair. enough peaks and valleys to make a movie? And they start ladling on the mommy daddy issues early, and they're very simplistic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like like boneheadedly simplistic. <laughs> daddy literally didn't hug me. That is the issue. Yeah. That they that they and, hang and, everything. And, and I'm 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 sorry. Another show that I kept, I kept thinking of too because the the movie does harp on that theme a lot. Is I kept thinking of the Netflix series Mindhunters. Hmm. Where it's a period show, 1970s. The FBI are like forming, like essentially, like the the forensic psychology profiling department. And the joke in the first season is every criminal they interview blames troubled childhood. Like yeah. mommy didn't love me, daddy beat me. That's why I am what the, the way I am what I am. You know, and it's like re- like that can't be. Like it just can't. Well, I will go out on, on a limb and fully believe serial killers uh, claiming that their parents are the reason that they kill. I think that's a valid reason. <laughs> but to hang the entirety of the drama of your movie on daddy didn't hug me, mommy was a, a flighty flake, and Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> Interesting, interesting so weird right like I, like it's, it's, so fucking weird it's like not enough and like they hang she, way too much she must look shit. like his mom i mean i guess she does look like his mom but it's like wow like imagine being like the british thespian who went to rada and they're like yeah bryce dallas howard got it yeah, and you're like she snagged oh, it oh cheerio yeah very well it's it, it's it's interesting that she's in this movie and the kid who they show a creepy picture of the kid at the very end during the credits, and he does look like young Elton. Yeah, but that kid's a creep. Oh, that he looked kid, like Damien. Yeah, that kid freaked the shit out of me. Yeah, but anyway, we go through his childhood. Daddy doesn't hug him. Mommy doesn't fully care for him. He, through happenstance, meets Bernie Taupin, and they start this amazing, you know, song songwriting music writing relationship together and it's all like similar to bohemian rhapsody at this point it's all peaks it's It's all all peaks peaks. it's all like oh my god elton wrote this song oh my god this is this new this is and they're they're breaking into song and dance at every turn yeah and the and my issue with that is that it's all over the place like the chronology of his music doesn't matter it's dude at one point there's a guy on like a 1996 cellular phone and i i was just like where are we in the timeline yeah well he's he was breaking into like they were doing songs in the producers thing and he was playing 80s songs of elton john which whatever it's just a mishmash what what it feels like is a movie the movie's coming before the broadway play now the tail's wagging that particular dog at I this agree, point. I agree. Because 
it is like a Broadway show. It's like, again, I've never seen Billy Joel moving out, but it's what I imagine. <laughs> and it's when Billy Joel is going to move out of his mom's house, he says, I'm moving out. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's what this is. Yeah. He sees a hippie girl dancing around and he starts singing Tiny Dancer. That's what it is. And to me, it might just be my taste, but that's goofy as sin. Yeah. Uh, it's just goofy. It, it, it's goofy. Like every time they turn and start a musical number, they oh. just you're you're just like you're just I don't know. It's maybe just it's a, it's a taste thing, and it's, it's a, maybe just me, yeah. And how, it's an but, era but, thing. But to me, but how to you, me, the uh, funniest musicals in twenty nineteen. Sickest irony of it is like Elton John is like not even cutting himself as a, a producer of this movie any favors by licensing his music or catalog to the production. So he's just like, fuck you, pay me. Oh, we can't afford it? Well, then, like, too bad. You're going to have Taron Edgerton sing sing all these songs. That's a choice, though. That's a choice. No way. That is is a budgetary fucking consideration. No, no. Elton John is the producer of this film. His husband, David Furnish, is a producer on this film. They wanted it to feel organic. That is not an issue. No fucking way, man. I I call shenanigans on that. It would have been goofy to see Elton's voice coming out of Taron. That is exactly Exactly right. That, that's, yeah. Dude, please. No, please. I think, Are you I, insane? No, I think that was the right why, choice. Why, why serve the audience hamburger when you can have steak? Like, why not just have him lip sync actual Elton John to give us what we fucking came to see, what, what we want, as opposed to this karaoke bullshit? It is karaoke bullshit, but here's the, oh real, my God. Here's the real problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's the real problem, is that... I would be fine with just relegating the songs to when he's playing them live for people. Have your drama shit separate. Like, I do, every time a musical number started up with, like, a low-key, stripped-down rendition of a song that came out in 89, but it's taking place in 76, <laughs> don't... Like, it's not satisfying. Like, I want to see him tearing it up. Like, okay, so in Bohemian Rhapsody... They just play Live Aid, basically, and you just get a bunch of onstage, like, awesome, you know, performance shit going on, you know? You see them playing as a young band. That Freddie Mercury isn't turning the camera and being, like, dreaming of having a bike and well, saying, the, bicycle! The, like, that, that's tu- not what's happening. Yeah, and the tough thing is that not only Elton John sings, but tons of the supporting characters they sing. They chime in, too. And then there's choruses of Lucas, people singing. Lucas, that, that's what you're having a problem with, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Because if it was him lip-syncing to Elton John's voice, you would be making fun of it for a completely different reason. And the whole movie would would sink on that, I think. Mm-hmm. Probably. And again, like, some people, this is what a musical is. But it just feels like a filmed Broadway play sometimes to me. Like Yeah, for a long time, until... Well, then we get to the valley, and the valley lasts for a long time. <laughs> Once Elton, probably in about 1975, I think he he clocks it at. It's hard to I, tell. I, I listened to Terry Gross' Fresh Air, and it was about 1975 where he he claims he starts his descent into alcohol and drugs and addiction, which lasted for a good almost 20 years. Um, but as presented, to me, it comes off as thin as his mommy and daddy well, issues. It's, yeah, it's because thin. it's a rich dude. Just, like, partying it up and, you know, snorting and pilling and what have you, drinking. But it's a little more fun to watch, I think, in terms of 
the boring like peaks. This is great. Oh, oh, sure. Just wrote. Oh, you just wrote your song. Oh, it's so great, Elton. Like I can't. (laughs) That's the kind of biopic stuff I can't take. And this, that's why I'm like Elton's honest about his life and his drug addiction and all the shit that he went through. And so I'm glad that he is able to put that on this. Whereas with Freddie Mercury, they're just like, this guy is a god. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed watching him be miserable around, like, lavish L.A. parties of the 70s. Yeah. You know, more so than the earlier stuff. But it's still, dramatically as a movie, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. No, no. I mean, it's generic. <laughs> Everything in it is generic. It's very, it's glossy. It's generic. It's, um... You know, it's paint by numbers. That's that's what Dexter Fletcher does. That's his thing. What do we think of uh, Taron Edgerton? Hmm. I mean, hmm. Lucas, have you fallen silent? Yeah. No, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like thinking about you know how hard it is. Yeah, to tell stories about famously successful musicians because elton john's mom you know even says like everything came so easy to you it's you true know? and it's fucking true <laughs> yeah it's like uh-huh yeah uh-huh that 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 very scene was where i was just like that's the problem with your movie he says to his mom he's like i've done every drug i've fucked everybody and i'm like really i didn't see you do all the drugs i didn't see you fuck everybody and then he's like and I enjoyed every minute of it. And then she's like, yeah, everything's always come easy to you. They're agreeing on the same point, which is he's a fucking lucky motherfucker, you know? Yeah. And that's like... And a, and a musical genius. And a musical genius. Yeah. But he, you know, he wasn't languishing away. Like, he met his he met his songwriter friend. I mean, good stories have drama or conflict to overcome. It's like, a, like that's the entertainment value. You know, that's the puzzle you're putting together or whatever, you know, to give you that sense of satisfaction on some level, whether it's, like, emotional or visceral or anything. Yeah. And... I mean, unless you are Elton John super fan, Die Hard number one, which you're, which, which if you're seeing this movie, like you're probably not because, like, how can you? Go this is see, a mass produced like, like product. How can, yeah, like how can you go see Elton John live on his farewell tour and then come to this movie? You know what I mean? Like you can't, like you can't do it. Bisky did it. I just, I just did. Oh man! <laughs> Why can't I do that? I like Elton John. <laughs> No, I'm just but, saying, uh, like, wasn't it sacrilege to see no, these actors no. butcher, like, yes. what you witnessed in person yes. by the man himself? No, I like, I, you don't come Like, away. how did you, like, like how you did you not, up. like, run out of the theater just, like, shaking your head? No, I, I am shaking my head. Because it's, it, <laughs> because, like, it doesn't paint Elton in a good light, but not because of the drug addiction stuff. It just, right. It just, you just feel kind of, like, like you're watching karaoke Elton. Like it's you so just, surface. It's really cheap like approximation like you know broadway musical of it and and it, it hurts it does i don't know i thought taron when he's going down into his drug addiction yeah uh i thought some of his acting was decent. he made some realistic drug faces I, I thought he made some realistic like just drugged out and if i could please invoke yeah. the salad dragon Ooh. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. So he's at the party. Yeah. The lavish, yep. lavish this party. This is definitely And it. He, he takes a big swig of booze and pops a ton of pills. Yeah, he does. And he 
goes to the diving board. Yep. And he says, I am now going to perform killing myself. My next magic trick. And he drops into the water. Yeah, he does. And we're underwater with Elton John. Mm -hmm. And the bottom of the pool with a tiny little piano is the child Elton John. With a a diving mask on. (laughs) And and the kid starts singing Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Well, not singing so much as just talking the lyrics out. Yeah. Well, I miss it. Like it is the most nails on chalkboard screeching, and we all looked at each other and just like locked salad dragon eyes. We locked our salad dragon eyes. How do you watch that with a straight face? You don't, man. How do you... I was laughing throughout this. Like, I could not keep a straight face. I couldn't look at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's definitely just, uh Especially that clunky. rendition is not what we want. I mean, I really think what Elton John wanted was to bring home the drug addiction. Because I think the big accomplishment of his life... Was overcoming. Outside of the music was overcoming drugs and alcohol. But even still, like, this is a soft R. Yeah, well, this is this. Yeah, this does not feel all right. Well, this all. is the first uh, gay sex scene. I liked that. There was in a, the history of mainstream American cinema. It was hmm. framed. Almost, I, re- I read it on Wikipedia. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, it felt new. Hmm. I, I, I had. I, really? I, yeah, I find that hard to believe. I thought there but, had to be something guess, else. But well, behind the candlelabra didn't make. We went no Brokeback Mountain, right? That was universal. But this is a well, tra- focus. this is a focus. traditional like. Two giddy boys taking off their clothes and then falling onto the bed and then a little bit of thrusting up yeah. to the window up till morning. And, and you know what was funny about that too? And I was I was sitting front row center and I was awake for this. But you were. but but congrats. But I was confused because when John Reed and him are having the meet cute, it was very intimate and it was like they were falling in love. And I thought that was like, yeah, the subtext of, of the scene of him, you know, seducing him or whatever. It was but, the text text. Right, that too. But then, like, it just cut to them in the bedroom. But I didn't, I couldn't tell 100% if it was John you Reed. Didn't, you didn't know that was well, him? No, well, no, no. At first I assumed, I was like, oh, that must be John Reed. But then I was like, but is it John Reed? Because they didn't, I didn't see anyone initiate anything. It was like, a, it was like, a, I was missing a shot or something. So then when they were, like, having sex, I was like... I don't know. Now I'm like just out of the scene. I'm like I'm out of the movie, and then then the morning after, I'm like, okay, it is John Reed, and now I'm back in it. So that's Dexter Fletcher for you in a nutshell. Yeah. No, Dexter Fletcher. I mean, Dexter Fletcher. Like I think you know, because you do have the rise and fall of a pop star. Like if you wanted to do kind of a Goodfellas arc, or you know, like someone des- descending into drug addiction and yeah. then coming out of it at the end, or you know, like if you had a visionary director. But Dexter Fletcher is not our guy. Like there is some some stuff that he shoot like like Elton John shooting like a rocket out of the stadium in CG. Um, yeah, he does. And I was hoping that would be the end of the movie. There's, but there's a, like twenty more minutes after. That. A, it looks like an airplane hits him. There's a spinning piano sequence. Like mm-hmm. the guy thinks he's like like a superstar director, but everything it's like, very surface. Like the seventies, all the production design looks so generic like 70s like even the extra down to the extras like the extras are great oh man musical theater like aficionados will probably love this shit Mm -hmm. probably lap it up you know yeah i mean if you've been longing for an elton john broadway musical like this might be the 
the, the, the movie for you. And I feel like that's their Elton John Extended Universe Master Plan. It's gotta be. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, now Rocketman's moving to Broadway. Oh, Taron Edgerton's gonna f- do, like, a limited run on Broadway. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. I don't really care about it. <laughs> that's not my thing. But I am excited. Like, service up the next one. Let's see what you do, guys. At some point... In the crazy run of musical biopics we are going to receive, there will be a weird director that hooks up with a weird subject, and we're going to get something really special. We might special. get a musical, good musical biopic. It's, it's, gonna, it's bound to happen. I mean, the critics are saying we've got two, they're two for two. Yeah, yeah. Like, and what's funny is critics when, we, love this. when we walked into the theater, fucking Judy Garland trailer was playing. I wanted to yeah, kill myself. Yeah, Renee oh, Zellweger. Zellweger? Yes. Whoa. Yes, Queen. Coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> Judy. Um, yeah, we're going to get a lot more because this is going to be, I think this will be nominated for things. Sure, of um, course. Because it will be. And, Without a doubt. And, yeah, because, I mean, we'll talk about if it's better or worse than Bohemian Rhapsody, but. I don't. I don't it's see be- much difference. It's better. It's better. Well, it's better because there are actual scenes that don't have like thirty-two cuts in like less than two seconds. Well, <laughs> let's go to them rocket bones. I can feel it in my bones. Brother Lucas, what do you what do you got to say about this? Well, I can say this. <laughs> I grew up a, a big fan of Queen, like, when I was a kid in, in high school. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really looking forward to the movie at all. Right. Like, even when I saw that trailer, it's just, like, there's no movie there, you know? I mean, maybe there is if Sasha Baron Cohen did the rated R, like, gay, sex, drugs version that he wanted to do, but the family was like, we don't want you portraying him this way, you know? Like, like that's Are we the... re-litigating Bohemian Rhapsody here? Well, we I'm just saying that I, I grew up not really a fan of Elton John's music, and, sure. you know, I've never really had an affinity for any of his songs or albums or whatever, and so this, this when I saw this trailer, I was like, please, no, like, please, <laughs> no. Yes. No, and, like, here we are, rapping about it. Um, and it was it was a chore. This is like homework. Like this, you stayed these, awake though, kid. Of course yeah. I did, man. It's after midnight, you kept that and prop and the seat and, propped up. Well, and yeah. I, I, well, number one, I didn't recline my seat. But I, I was watched like, you eat steak and shake before the movie. I know, and but I didn't take still any. Standing. I didn't take any edibles this time. Okay, you know, I'm like sober as a judge. Yes, so proud. Um, <laughs> but 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 yeah, it's just it's tough because there's no conflict, there's no adversity, there's no drama. So you know, this is one and a half bones. Like there's there's it's twine with respectability, but it's still lurching in the gutter. It's it's lacking some cinematic devices like plot and performances. Well, that was a one and a half? Yeah. <laughs> okay. A blistering one and a half from LT. Uh, Brother Bishke? Yeah. Um, I feel like you're going to be kinder, but I don't know. Well. Uh-oh. We got the Elton fan. No, I mean, I am the Elton fan. I uh, I like Queen, um, but when it comes to Elton and the hits, like, I love them. And I was getting some chills just from the songs. You said that you were going to be singing loudly throughout the movie, and I, yeah, I heard well, nothing. The aggressive musical numbers were making me like embarrassed, <laughs> and I couldn't sing along to couldn't him. Do it. Like if it was just like him singing in concert, yeah, I yeah. could have maybe sung along. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this Dexter Fletcher guy just is not. He's grinding your gears. He's not the visionary director we need, and the musical biopic genre. It's 
it's a tough beast and I don't I didn't you know I mean I I knew I this was had to see this yeah you did I think I gave Bohemian Rhapsody one bone because that was all peaks you were at upset. least at least we got dipped into a valley here with drugs and alcohol and got an R rating and so I'm a soft R a soft soft R but I will join Brother Lucas in giving it it was tough one and a half. One and a half bones. Um, it is, uh, there's some sequences that will make you <laughs> laugh for sure. Like there's more to it than Bohemian Rhapsody, which is just completely boring in my opinion. But. There's there's a sequence in which uh, Benny and the Jets becomes like a techno song. And he it, j- it he turns just, into like climax for a second. It turns into climax. <laughs> he just strips down and like is being passed around by all these uh, people in in a discotheque. It's like a red light red light district disc disco in the seventies. And, and it's all supposed to represent his like descent into like sexual addiction, I guess. But <laughs> that was something to see. That <laughs> something was something to, to see. see. Um, okay, so that's two one and a half bone boys. I listen. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a huge Elton John fan, but as I get older, I appreciate his music more. Like I, I must just be veering into dad rock, full dad rock territory appreciation. And I am as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, he he's good. It's good. It's just not. It, I wouldn't necessarily choose to throw him on. You know, like if he's on the radio, it's great. So I don't have a lot of uh, skin in the Elton game. But this style of, of biopic is not my cup of tea. That said, it, it moved along. It was fun to look at. I hate to say it, but like the costumes are great. They're, the 80s, <laughs> the 80s costumes when, in particular. When we turn when we turn the corner into 80s costumes where he's wearing just like a patchwork quilt style like silk shirt and like a fez. <laughs> on his head like i was struck i got like a, a dead zone moment where pishki i just saw you in all of those outfits yeah and i was just I like track that pishki, you down. you need to you need to just i need to study 80s elton john yes, costumes yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yes you take that as a starting point yeah you get those outfits as a baseline mm-hmm. and then you take them to the next logical extreme yeah you you pick up where he left off. He evolved. You go back to that and expand upon it, please. Yeah. yeah I so, agree. I would be drifting off into just thoughts like that. So I was having a good time, but Bishki, you were you were the reason I was having a good time some of that time. You know, like it wasn't necessarily the movie. That said, I don't know. I'm gonna give it two bones. It was it was a good time. It, it was a, it was a fluffy time. It was a soft R. I I heard that people were like, it's a naughty biopic. And I'm like, no, it's not. Nah. <laughs> like, there's nothing naughty about this. So They could have trimmed it to get that PG-13, man. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It would have so- been, been exactly the same movie, for, sh- for sure. Easily. Yeah. Critics loved it. Prius is lukewarm. Audiences love it. Audiences love it. We are out of touch, boys. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't What's know what next? to say. What's yeah. next in the biopic what? world? <laughs> oh, well, there's going to be Judy. Oh, God. 
like, are they going to do more bands, you know? Like, are they going to do Led Zeppelin? Like, are they going to do more rock bands, or... God, imagine how fucking boring the Rolling Stones movie's going to be. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like... That's going to be hearing, a miniseries. Like, yeah, like, uh, what's that song Scorsese always uses? Sympathy for the Devil. Thank you. Who is going to be the next <laughs> big... Is it going to be Sinatra after Garland? Like, are they going to go further back? Or are they going to do more recent they shit? They can't afford Sinatra's catalog, man. I'm <laughs> telling you, these fuckers, they're not going to give that money up, man. Yeah, they, they, they pay what they, you owe for those songs. I remember seeing Spacey in a movie called Beyond the Sea. I really want to see that. Oh, my God. Where he God. plays, like... Produced by Arthur Friedman, a swell guy, and a mensch, a true mensch. But he yeah. played. Yeah, this is Dean Martin. D- no, it, Bobby Darren. It's Bobby, Bobby Darren. I'm sorry, I'm and he, sorry. He plays him from 17 to like 55. That was a mistake. That it was a mistake. He should, not, he should not have played the younger version. And but he, but he, he took, yeah, he hijacked it. He was it. at the screening I was at. Oh. And, and he comes man. out, and people are just standing ovation, oh. just worshiping Kevin Spacey. I really want to see wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Well. I mean, salad days. (laughs) Kevin Spacey is probably available to do uh, Frank Sinatra at this point. We'll see what happens. Frank Sinatra's corpse. Dad Rock Night is complete. (laughs) Dad Rock Night. Woo! Billy Joel up next. Oh, Billy Billy Joel. Joel. It's gotta be Joel. Moving out. (laughs) (laughs) Moving out. Moving out. All right. Love and light, y'all. Love and light. Love and light. Woo! Hello.